listening to Life of Revival Radio with Pastor Zachary Weber. Father, thank you for your presence on this field. Wow. Thank you for the angels of God. You said goodness and mercy would follow us all the days of, of our life. Thank you that there's more that are with us than that are with them. Thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit on this field. And Jesus, walk up, up and down this field. Touch your people. Revive your people. Bless them. Let gifts be given to people even tonight. Father, we know in your word in the book of Acts 10, as Peter yet spake, the Holy Ghost fell on those who heard the word. Lord, let this word go forth like a fire tonight. Father, I pray that every ear would be anointed to hear in their hearts receptive to receive what the Spirit of God has tonight. Father, I pray that your people would not just get information tonight, but let them receive revelation, not just something they know about, but something that is active and real on the inside of every person on this field. Lord, we thank you that your word is like a hammer that breaks the rock into pieces. Father, I thank you that the hammer of your word is hitting this city and breaking down every stronghold, breaking down, hallelujah, everything the devil's tried to build. Father, we give you glory, we give you honor, we give you praise, and we thank you for this night that we have in your presence. If you receive that prayer, in Jesus' name, say a living amen. And amen. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. I'm going to read from the NLT. It says, The Lord took a hold of me, and I was carried away by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord, I love how the NLT, you know, translates this. The Lord took a hold of me, and I was carried away. By the Spirit of the Lord. I believe that the Spirit of the Lord is going to carry some people away on this field. Tonight. In Jesus' name. I believe that tonight the Spirit of God is going to reach out and grab a hold of some people tonight. In Jesus' name. You might just be sitting there. You say, Pastor, you're talking about, you know, you feel the presence of God. I, I really don't feel anything tonight. Well, for one, it's not about feelings, though the feelings will be there sometimes. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight and not by what we feel. But two, you don't realize there's a big angel behind you pouring oil down your neck. And before this service is over, we're going to throw a match on you. And you're going to burn with the Holy Ghost. If you already know that's true, just say amen. You know, before we came on this field, I preached the, the sermon about, you know, Elijah and the prophets of Baal and the fire of God fell. Amen. He had a showdown with the prophets of Baal. Who knows what I'm talking about? What did he do? He built an altar and the fire of God fell. I believe we have an altar on this hill tonight that we've built. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord took a hold of me and I was carried away. The Lord spoke to me in the year 2012. Of course, I was called at the ministry. In fact, when the Lord called me, before I went to the Bible school in Tampa that I was a part of, I was on my way to a Baptist internship in Colorado. Edie said, you would have made a great Baptist. Amen. Hallelujah, which I probably would have. But anyway, something happened when I was 18 years old. 
I read the book of Acts and it ruined me. 18 years old. You know, I knew God's healing power was real because when I was 15, I was healed of cancer. I never heard of Kenneth Hagin, but I was reading the book of Mark and I found Mark 11, 23 through 24. And, and I, Jesus told me in Mark 11, 24, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you've received it, you shall have it. And I prayed that prayer. By a week later, the tumors were gone. The cancer was out of my body. I knew God healed. Nobody could tell me that God was not a healing God. And then I just knew if he would heal me, he'll heal anybody. So then I knew he would heal everybody. Because if he healed me, he'll heal you. Amen. And so when I was 18 years old, I didn't know what a Pentecostal was. I didn't know what a charismatic was. I've never been to a meeting where people are running around, the fire of God's fallen, they're falling under. I've never been to any of that. I think if I did, I would have thought, what's going on? You know what I mean? But when I was 18, I read the book of Acts. And I read Matthew 5 and verse 6. If you hunger and thirst after God, he'll fill you. I read the book of James. If you draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. And so I started getting hungry for God. I started getting so desperate for God. I, it was really a year, 17 years old, a year I cried out. I didn't know what I was crying out for, but I was crying out for it. You know what I mean? And my prayer went like this. God, if I'm anointed of you for ministry, touch me. I didn't know what the anointing meant. I didn't know what touch me meant. <laughs> for me, touch me was like when a lady gets up and she had a really pretty voice and she sung and you got goosebumps. Because I heard people talk about who feels the goosebumps. You know what I mean? I thought that that's like a major way that God moved. Like if you felt goosebumps, it was like God was hugging you. You know, I didn't know. As a kid, growing up, a teenager, you're not around anything. But the Bible says you were made for signs and wonders. You, were, you have a longing for God and his power. And I had that. And I knew one thing that anybody I knew of who was ever used in a mighty way for God, they always talked about the day that God touched them. The day they encountered God. And so I, I didn't know what that was, but I wanted it. And so that was my prayer, a year of really praying that, but a week of really cry, crying out. It, I, I was crying out to the Lord. I couldn't sleep at night. 18 years old, I couldn't sleep. I'd wake up in the middle of the night, throw my hands in the air, and I would say, God, if you've called me to the ministry, touch me. And if goosebumps are the touch, I want goosebumps. You know, I didn't know what I was. I didn't know that I was reaching and I was like about to stick my finger in a light socket. Who remembers the first time the Lord touched you in a supernatural way? It changed everything. So then it was one night. Of course, mom, she traveled and would preach and sing gospel songs and dad would go run sound for her so they were gone i forget where they were maybe pennsylvania or something and it was sunday i i didn't go to church that morning because i knew what i wanted could not be found in that church there was something i wanted in fact i, I was so hungry for the supernatural and i remember just you know i found the gifts of the spirit in corinthians and i thought whoa i want that and so they taught about it in my church that I was attending, and they said, the gift of the word of knowledge is just having a knowledgeable word. 
In the gift of faith, well, we all have been given faith. You know, they, they took the supernatural out of it. Gifts of healing, well, that was for the age of the apostles. That's not for today. And so I was so dissatisfied. So I didn't go to church that morning. And then they had a Sunday night service. With my parents gone, 18, I had the house totally to myself. And I thought, I, you know, of course, when I had cancer, uh, Make-A-Wish bought me a $7,000 computer. So my plan was to play video games all night and all day. So it, it was about 6.30. That Sunday night service at that dead church was at 7. About 6.30. Now, and it took me 35 minutes to get to where I needed to get to the, you know, if I wanted to go. So I would have been late. So I go into the kitchen. I get a fresh, unopened bag of sun chips. I remember it like it was yesterday. An unopened bag, which there's nothing better than an unopened bag of sun chips. That just the pop it makes, you know, it's great. Anyway, it's the little things that I really like. I get an unopened bag of sun chips, amen, and then I got two Pepsis, because it's like, I don't, I'm not going to get up to go get another Pepsi. And I'm going into my bedroom. I walk out of the kitchen, through the dining room. There's a little awkward room, I don't know what you call it, and then my bedroom. And I get to that room before my bedroom there's a couch there my bedroom's over there and I'm walking to it my little dog was on the couch and I get to the to the end of the of the couch or the beginning there and I hear a voice speak to me and it was the Lord and he said go to church tonight and it was still and small but it was authoritative I don't know how to it was, it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me when God speaks to you you know he spoke you don't wonder I think God spoke to me that's like, think, that's like saying, I think an elephant just walked on me. <laughs> like, you know. No, you know when God will speak to you. So I, I'm, I'm at the end, and he said, go to church tonight. And out loud, I said, I'm not going to church tonight. For one, I don't like to be late. Even as a young man, I was trained, you just don't be late. And then that, you know what I mean? So I, I thought, you know, and then I don't want to walk into the sanctuary. And I know what this church is like. I'll walk in late, and I'll have all the eyes on me they'll all look back the pastor will stop peeking and look at me and the, you know what I mean I'm not going to put myself through that who's been to one of those <laughs> and so I thought I'm not going to go to church tonight so I start walking to my bedroom I get halfway to the couch go to church tonight and I said out loud I'm not going to church tonight and then I go to the end of the of the couch almost to my room and the Lord spoke to me a third time it was almost like he said, what part of go to church tonight don't you get? But he didn't say that. That's just how it came across. But it was loud. It shook me. And the Lord said, go to church tonight. <laughs> and when he said that, it was like I got hit by a bolt of lightning. 18, I was living in Cooperdale. And I, I said, God, I'll go. Okay, I'll go to church tonight. Now, God never spoke to me like that. You know, it was like when God's speaking to you like that for the first time, like now it's like, yes, Lord. But then it's like, what's, what is this, you know? And so I said, okay, Lord, I'll go to church tonight. And when I said that out loud, this surge of excitement swept over me. And I thought, wait, this whole week I've been asking God to touch me. If he's telling me to go to church, he's going to touch me tonight. 
in this dead church, you know. And I thought, I, I, I got so excited. I put the chips down. I put the soda down. And I took, I, we had a little white Bashan, who, you know, which is like a poodle. It's like a circus dog, little cute dog. No, that's what they use them in the circuses. You know, they spin around little poodles. And uh, she, she hated me. She was supposed to be my dog, but she hated me, you know. And she was laying there. And I grabbed her and I picked her up. I said, Jinxie. I did. I said, God's going to touch me tonight. And I shook her a little bit. Poor dog. And I threw her on the couch and she started shaking. You know, it's a little nervous dog. And she literally went behind the pillow and just like. <laughs> I get in my car, man. I'm zooming down 541 the whole way. I'm thanking God and I'm praising God. And I know that he's going to touch me that night. And then I did what you shouldn't do. Maybe. I don't know if it's good or bad, but uh, it'll lead to disappointment. Because I started to, like, fantasize about how God was going to touch me. And I worked it out for God how he would do it. You know. Which now I've learned you can think of ten ways God's going to do a miracle or touch your life. And he won't do any of it. And he'll think of number eleven. He's not going to consult you. Because the way you think anyway is too small are you with me he doesn't come to you and like ask you what do you think about my plans for your life he, he doesn't want to get your feedback because you would think too small and so I start thinking I thought man I bet when I go in like like God is in that place man I I, I just bet like you know for me it would have been awesome if the pastor like got out from behind the pulpit you know what I mean that's the type of environment like honestly if I would have walked in and someone would have just went like this. To me, that would have been the greatest move of God. That's how dead this, this church was. And so I am so excited. And, and uh, now I don't even care that I'm late. And, uh, and I pull in and I open the doors. I mean, you, the entrance is also the sanctuary of this church. So you walk in and it's glass doors and it's like everybody, you know. And this was the type of church. I don't know if you've ever been to one of these, but, you know... Uh, they had this huge sanctuary. They had to have had about 13 rows of padded pews on double-sided, 13 rows. This could fit a ton of people. And then they had three rows of metal fold-out chairs. And there were about 30 people there that night. And every one of those people sat at the back three rows on the metal chairs. So it's like they think God is in the back rows. Everyone wants to sit in the back. So just visualize this. I walk in, and this, is, this was every service. You walk in, 30 people are on uncomfortable metal fold-out chairs, 13 empty rows of pews, and then a lonely preacher behind a pulpit. Actually, it was a music stand. Amen. It's like, should we give everybody binoculars so they can see? You know what I mean? And so anyway, long story short, I, you know, I like to be up front. I've just always, I, you know, it's just how I am. I don't like the back row anything. And so uh, I get up to the second row because it's like the front is a little radical. If I would have went to the front, we might have had a church split. I mean, the deacons would have had to talk about that. <laughs> half would have said, I think he should be allowed. The other half, I. 
So I go and I sit in the second row. So now it's the pastor. Second row, there's Zach Weber, and then there's 12 empty rows, 30 people in the back. And I'm not trying to draw attention. I, I was very shy, but that's just how it was. And the worship was very gifted, very anointed. And I always worshipped. And uh, so anyway, they do the first song, and I assume the position, you know, I raise my hands and I'm eyes are closed and I and I look like I'm worshiping I'm singing but inwardly I'm moaning to the Lord I said Lord this is not right you told me to come to church tonight I said I, I wanted to stay home and play video games this is exactly why I didn't want to come when I lifted my hands to heaven suddenly it was like fire in both of my hands it was like pins and needles but it wasn't bad it was a very good feeling come on some of you felt that a few days ago like your hands were burning my hands started to burn and it went down through my body my feet started to burn and i was overwhelmed i was overcome by the presence of god 18 years old and i went to shout out in english because what i felt was just it was better than anything it was better than goosebumps brother i mean it was power it was like i grabbed a hold of a live wire and voltage was flowing into my hands and down and resting in my feet and when i went to shout out in english i never you know baptism in the holy ghost well, i don't know but when i went to shout out in english i was just going to say jesus i went and this language started to flow out of me <laughs> and immediately I was in I, I was laughing and then I was crying and then I was laughing and then cry, then I was laughing and crying at the same exact time God showed up it it'll ruin a perfectly dead church <laughs> so it says let the dead be dead no Jesus shows up and there's life and so the deacons jump on me I mean, they were on me like a chicken on a June bug. They were after me. And, and they came on either side and they grabbed me because I was jumping and I was dancing. Dancing? I've never danced a day in my life. I was homeschooled. I don't know how to dance. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I'll use your hands. I'll use your feet. And I'm sending you to the nations. And then I'm crying. And, and immediately, I had a very hard heart as a teenager. Suddenly... I had this heart for people. I was weeping for people. I spent hours after that day just crying for people in Coshocton. And, and the deacons jumped on me. And they, the moment they touched me, the moment they touched me, I fell. I, falling. I fell into the pew. The, they touched me. Boom. I fell into the pew. And I started rolling into the pew. So I'm rolling into the pew. And when I finally was able to sit up, one of the elders... He, he, was, he was a Calvinist. He comes up to me, and he sits. He goes, what's going on? And I couldn't speak. I, all I could say was, it's God. It's, it's just God. And he, and he just sits there with me a while, and he, and he leans over, and he finally says, when I was a kid my, in my church, this used to happen. He said, I believe this is God. And he put his head down like this. He said, would you pray for me? The other elder, who was a Nazarene, he came over. He said, I'd like some of that too. Could you pray for me? Amen. But I was on my way to a Baptist internship. And then I'm watching television. I see my pastor, Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, end up in one of his meetings in Cincinnati 
where the fire of God is falling on people, and I didn't know how to handle that. I just sat there like this with mom. Me and mom both went. We just sat there and glared at them the whole time. <laughs> See people fall out of their seat. They're laughing, and, you know, I wanted it, but I didn't. I was mad at it at the same time when I saw God moving. And then he would talk about giving. He'd talk about giving financially. And for a week, I sat in his meetings. I got so mad. I said, I said, Lord, he just wants my money. And the Lord spoke to me, 18 years old. What money? I didn't have any money. He ends up down in, in, in Florida, West Palm Beach, Florida. The Lord speaks to me. You need to go to those meetings. Drive with mom. We go down to Florida sit in the meetings, and it was there the Lord said, I want you to go to his Bible school. You know, I'm able to, like, hear God's voice now. The same voice that spoke, go to church, is the same voice that led me and directed me to, to Bible school. So then I'm, I'm there in 2009. By 2012, I'm graduating, planning to, to live my life. You know, you, you come out of Coshocton. You know, when you grow up in, in a small city, you think that the whole world is that city. And so you get to Tampa, man, and, and it's this huge city. And, man, they, uh, you know, the first year I'm there, you know, going into the inner city, leading people to the Lord, first quarter, lead 100 people to the Lord. I mean, just going for it. And, and I thought, this is home. So they put me in the outreach department, going for it. And, and I thought, I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to live here my whole life and just help Pastor Rodney, help this great ministry. January 2012, mom calls. She said, you need to come to Coshocton and start a church. And, and when she said that, I got mad in my spirit. I, and I yelled at her. I said, mom, I will never go back to Coshocton. I said, God has tried to move in that city. And the same people who cry out for revival are the same people who shut it down. I said, I will never go back. And then pastoring? <laughs> I want to be an evangelist. In Bible school, they had a whole period on, 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 on pastoring. If you saw my notes, you would start laughing because it's all comics. Someone asked me, are you going to be a pastor one day? I told them in Bible school, I said, I'll never pastor. I'll never pastor, and I'll never come to Coshocton. Those were two things I was sure about. But when the Spirit of the Lord comes and He carries you away, it's over. So I was coming out at the end of my year. I start fasting and praying because I did want to follow the Holy Spirit. I said, God, you led me to this Bible school. I'll stay here in this ministry forever unless you tell me otherwise. So I start fasting and praying. Every night I would pray in tongues until I couldn't walk anymore. Until I would exhaust myself, which took hours. And then I would go and lay in bed and I'd go to sleep. And I just spent that season just praying over the summer, June 2012. And then one night as I'm praying, I just walked back and forth. I lived in a motorhome. One night as I'm praying, <laughs> I start seeing a vision. And, in the, and I stopped and I'm seeing a vision. I saw a small group of people in Coshocton, Ohio. And it was a small church. In this church, God started moving. And people were getting healed and set free. And they were getting delivered. And, and then I saw, you know, I'm there in the middle of all of them, you know, and, and God's moving. And then it began to grow. It began to multiply and God was moving. And then I began to see newspaper headlines. This is before I knew there was something called fake news. I saw newspaper headlines, church claims healings and all this stuff. 
in these newspaper headlines. But then when I, I saw again the meetings, they had exploded. And there were people coming. And, and the Lord was showing me from other nations, people were coming. And then out of that, I saw teenagers in the high school running down the halls with what we have, the, the soul winning script. They were running with that script, chasing students down, leading each other to the Lord. I saw in the nursing homes, God moving. And, and the Lord started speaking to me. He said, I sent you here for three years to put the right stuff in you because I've called three people to do what I'm going to ask you to do now. And he said, those three people, they didn't do it. So I've sent you away for three years to send you back. When you go back, you'll see the beginning of what I'm going to do in your city. He said that there is another generation of ministers in Coshocton, Ohio. They just don't know who I am yet. There are people that God called even in retirement age. God took them. He put his fire on them. And he began to use them. Don't write yourself off on this field. God has a plan and a purpose. Sometimes the Lord will come and he will lead you and he will put you in a place. He might have put you in a job. He might have put you in a family. Amen. He'll put you in an environment and everywhere you look, it's like dead bones. You know, I have people, as a, you know, as a pastor, people will come up to me. They say, oh, pastor, can you pray for me? My, my job, it's just like, it's, it's just people, none of them are saved, and they just really get me down. Maybe God put you in that group of people, not so that they could influence you, but that the life of God would come out of you and affect every person in that place. God wants his anointing to come out of you and affect wherever he's placed you, your family, your city, your workplace, your environment. We would love for you to join us at the River Church this morning at 10 a.m. For additional information about our church, you can go on our website at www.therivercoshocton.com. You can also follow us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash the River Hey, this is Pastor Zachary Weber. Thank you so much for listening to the broadcast this morning. I pray it blessed you in some way. Just before we go off the air, I have a very important question to ask you. If you were to die this very second, do you know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that you would go to heaven? You know, the Bible says that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that the wages of those sins is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you're a whosoever. So I want to pray this quick prayer over you. Father, bless every person listening with a long and a healthy life. Jesus, make yourself real to them and do a work in their heart. And if they have not accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I pray that they would do so right now. Friend, as you're listening, if you want to make a decision for Jesus Christ today and receive the gift that God has for you, the free gift of salvation, I want you to pray this quick prayer with me with your heart and your lips out loud. Just say this with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me and cleanse me. 
and set me free. Jesus, thank you that you died for me. I believe you've risen from the dead and you're coming back again for me. I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. Come into my heart right now. Now just declare this, say, I am saved. I'm forgiven and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Amen. Now, Father, I pray over every single person who prayed that prayer. Seal them now by your blood and by your spirit that on that day let not one person be missing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer this morning, I want you to get a hold of us and let us know. You can go to theriverkashocton.com under the contact section. You can let us know that you prayed that prayer. It's so important that you tell people that you made a decision for Jesus today. It's also important to get involved in a local church. You can join us this morning at The River Church. Our service begins at 10 a.m. We're located at 51 Pine Street right here in Coshocton, Ohio. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week, 8.30 a.m., right here on Life of Revival. God bless you.